Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. What scares you? Many people are scared of spiders or snakes. Two of the greatest fears for people are public speaking and death. Interestingly enough, as Jesus sent out his disciples, those two fears kind of collided. Jesus warned them about what they would face. But today, Jesus says to you and me too, don't be afraid, even in persecution. We'll hear more about that as we go about our service and our sermon today, following the order of service as it's printed out for you in your worship folder or projected on the screen. Let's begin by singing our opening hymn, Children of the Heavenly Father. stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil, and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me a sinner.
God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, because your abiding presence always goes with us, keep us aware of your daily mercies that we may live secure and content in your eternal love. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. first lesson for this morning, taken from Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah knew what it was like to feel terrified. He was insulted and he was persecuted as a prophet of the Lord. Yet, it's easier to speak when you know someone powerful is there with you the whole time. Like a mighty warrior, that's what the Lord was there with Jeremiah to be. And he's there with us too as we speak for him. You deceived me, Lord, and I was deceived. You overpowered me and I pre and prevailed. I am ridiculed all day long. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I cry out, proclaiming violence and destruction. So the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I hear many whispering, terror on every side. Denounce him. Let's denounce him. All of my friends are waiting for me to slip, saying, perhaps he will be deceived. Then we will prevail over him and take our revenge on him. 
But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance on them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. This is the word of our God. In our second lesson from 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul was in prison, facing death. Yet he was unafraid to continue writing and speaking for the Lord. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. This is the word of our God. Continue with the solo. Yeah. 
Please stand in honor of the gospel. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 10. Jesus' words here today serve as the basis for our sermon. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Brother will betray a brother to death and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household. So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, 
in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for our next hymn, Mercy and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the gospel from Matthew chapter 10, 
Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Submit or feel the edge of the sword. The Holy Roman Emperor Charles V demanded that those Christians back in the 1500s agree to the demands of their adversaries, demands that compromised Jesus' teachings, or else. Now this was nothing new. About a hundred years before that, a man by the name of John Hus was burned at the stake because he refused to stop talking about Jesus' teachings, the scriptures, God's holy word. And about ten years before this, Martin Luther had been outlawed, excommunicated, could be killed on sight because he insisted that he had to keep teaching and preaching and writing and publishing Jesus' words. So what would these Lutherans do back in 1530? Would they be bold and unafraid? Or would they shy away? On June 25th, this very day, back in 1530, those Lutherans, they presented the Augsburg Confession. They laid out Jesus' teachings and confessed it boldly in front of all the different estates of the Holy Roman Empire. There were Lutheran princes and dukes and mayors who signed their name to this. And they said, we will stand by this to the end, as it was read loudly and clearly. Would we have been so fearless? So many people have shrunk back at far less, yet we can be fearless. With Jesus' words at our side and with Jesus behind us, we can be unafraid to speak for Jesus. Even though we're hated like Jesus, especially because we're valued by Jesus. Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 10 are his instructions and his warnings as he sent his disciples out to preach and to teach, to heal and to drive out demons. And these warnings and instructions that Jesus gave have been applicable to every generation of Christians who have been sent out by him to make disciples of all nations. He starts out by saying, brother will betray brother to death. And that has happened so often. Family members betray their own flesh and blood to death. As Saul was breathing out his murderous threats going from house to house and village to village around Israel, how many family members do you think pointed out one of their own as Saul dragged them away to prison and voted to have them put to death? Then there were the deadly persecutions in the Roman Empire, especially underneath Nero and Domitian. Even in the 20th century, when many people would like to think that we're beyond all of that violence and bigotry and intolerance, millions upon millions of Christians 
have been put to death because of their connection to Jesus. Christians in Turkey, Russia, China, Mexico, Germany, Spain, so many. And even here, present day, in our own country, hatred against Christians is very real, and it's very widespread. People hate Christians who refuse to be proud of sin. People hate Christians who insist on holding to all of God's word as the absolute truth that it is. People hate Christians who declare that everyone, every single person is accountable to a holy and almighty God. People hate Christians who go about their lives quietly, godly, living their faith because they feel guilty by comparison. People hate Christians who profess and confess that only through Jesus does someone go to heaven, saved, the way to the Father. And it's kind of scary being hated, isn't it? What will they do to those we love? What will they do to us? What will they take from us? It can seem awfully scary. Yet when persecution builds up, Jesus says the appropriate response is not fight, but flight. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another, Jesus says. That's what happened in the early Christian church when persecution broke out in Jerusalem. Christians scattered all over. That's what happened when Paul was going about his ministry around the Mediterranean Sea. When he was persecuted in one city, he ended up fleeing, moving on to the next. Back in the middle of the 1800s in Germany, when Christians were being persecuted for their faith, they fled to America for religious freedom. And those people were the founders of our church body. So many people still today fleeing persecution, perhaps someday we could be among them. But there will always be one more city, always one more household, always one more individual that we can bring Jesus' teachings and Jesus' words to until the day he comes back. But Jesus, too, was hated and persecuted, wasn't he? Even by members of his own family, Jesus' own family hated his teachings. And so when the teachers of the law said, Jesus, you're driving out demons because you're possessed by Beelzebul, Jesus' own family went to haul him away. They tried to take control of him and get him out of there. Jesus was plotted against and hated. He was accused and abused, betrayed and tried. Jesus was put on trial and condemned to death, Jesus died. What would make us as followers of Jesus think that we deserve any better than what Jesus himself went through? Yet Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again. And he tells you and me, don't be afraid. He calls you and me members of his own household. We will dwell in his house forever in the house of the Lord. He calls you and me 
his humble servants. And he will exalt us in his own good time. He calls you and me his disciples. We get to learn of his mercy for us and our place in his heavenly kingdom week after week. Yes, here, we might be hated by the world around us, but we're held dear by our heavenly father. We might be persecuted by other people, but we're protected by God himself. We may be betrayed by others, but we're beloved by the Lord. We are walking steadily toward death here, but destined for life there. Don't be afraid to speak for Jesus, because we are hated just like him and following where he has gone. But we can be unafraid to speak for Jesus also because we're valued by Jesus. When a murder is committed, and after a time the leads run dry, there's no more evidence to follow, no more suspects to look into, that becomes a cold case. There was actually a show about this, a TV series, several years back. And that case will sit on a shelf for years, even decades. But then, when a little bit of new evidence or another witness resurfaces, that case can be followed up on again and tracked down. No matter how scot-free that perpetrator thought that he could get away with it, no matter how long it took after, he can be convicted and thrown behind bars. That's really what Jesus is talking about here when he says, Nothing is concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. So don't be afraid of them. God will bring everyone to justice. Anyone who thinks that they can hate or hurt one of Jesus' disciples, anyone who mistreats or murders one of Jesus' servants, they won't get away with it. No matter how long it's been, no matter how well they thought they had covered it up and kept it hidden from God himself, they'll be called to account. Because God sees, God knows, the books will be opened, the evidence presented, and God will sentence them to a fate worse than death. So he says, you, don't be afraid. What you hear in the dark, proclaim in the daylight, what's whispered in your ears, shout from the rooftops. The disciples, uh, they were privy to some information that many around them didn't have. For example, the parables that Jesus told. He would speak to the people in parables, but then when he was gathered with his disciples, he would explain all those things to them. Or think what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus told them at that time, don't tell anyone what you've seen here until after he rose from the dead. But then after Jesus died and rose again, he said, proclaim it. Broadcast all of my teachings, everything the Holy Spirit has reminded you of that I gave to you. Shout it, proclaim it, share it with the world. The same goes for us too. Expose the devil's lie. Explain the urgency of repentance. Exclaim the good news that Jesus is our Savior, 
It's forgiven the sins of the entire world. The kingdom of heaven is near. We have opportunities to talk about this and to share Jesus' news every week. Last Sunday, a little submarine ended up going on a voyage deep into the Atlantic Ocean. Five passengers on board. They went down because they wanted to explore the wreckage of the Titanic. Yet they lost communication with the surface. And after extensive searching, it was determined that that little submarine had lost pressure, imploded, was crushed underneath the weight of the ocean. The spokesperson said that the territory down there is extremely unforgiving, over two miles beneath the surface of the ocean. They were able to find some of the debris from that little sub not far from the Titanic, that they presume that those five bodies will never be rediscovered. How terrifying to be crushed and confined down at the bottom of the ocean among the debris and the wreckage never to be heard from again. Yet Jesus tells you and me about something far more deeply terrifying. It's unfathomable, actually. Jesus says in verse 28, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The word for hell that Jesus uses there is Gehenna. That was a valley outside of Jerusalem where people would dump and burn their garbage. There among the rest of the debris, a picture from that day, a vivid picture, of hell. Hell is the worst dumpster fire ever where God's enemies are disposed of, crushed, and left to burn. In hell, the fires burn, but they're never finished. The crushing takes place, but it's never completed. The decomposing happens, but it's never done. And this is the terrifying thing from, from these words. Jesus said to his disciples back then, and he says to you and me, if you decline to speak my words, if you deny me, if you distance yourself from me, be terrified, because I will deny you before my Father in heaven. He will deep-six you, dump you beneath the surface, where you will be buried plunged into eternal decay. Terrifying. Here in the United States of America, it's estimated that about 8 billion chickens are slaughtered every year. So many chickens for people like you and me to consume, to eat, to have a nice chicken meal. But the cost of a chicken tender meal is about the same amount of coin as a two-sparrow sandwich was back in Jesus' day. Those birds, not worth much to us. But they were valuable to God. God cares about all of his creatures, each of those birds. And here's the good news, that God even cares about those who have chickened out speaking for Jesus. People like Peter, people like me, people like you, 
God the Father made the ultimate sacrifice by giving up his one and only son. Jesus paid the ultimate price by shedding his blood more precious than silver or gold there at the cross. That's how valuable you were to him. Jesus allowed himself to be tossed out of Jerusalem and treated like garbage, to be crushed under the weight of God's wrath, to be engulfed in the flames of the Almighty's fury, gasping for air, he died. There on Golgotha, for you and for me, for all the times we were too afraid to speak for Jesus. You are so valuable to the Lord that you are forgiven in Christ because he was slaughtered for you. He suffered the wrath of hell for you so that you are free. Free to fly away, free as a bird. You have your own place to perch on the tree of life in heaven. God cares about every last part of you. Even your very hairs on your head are numbered. He has redeemed you completely bought you back entirely, and you can count on the one who numbers your very follicles to be there for you, to care for you, to surround you and enfold you with his grace and his mercy every day. So you can be unafraid to speak for Jesus because you're so valuable to him. He described it as living in the kingdom of the birds, he was there listening to the pleasant sounds of those birds, all singing in unison, though the older ones sounded a little bit different than the younger ones. While the rest of the princes and theologians were there in Augsburg, Martin Luther was back at the castle of Coburg, one of the strongholds, one of the mighty fortresses owned by Duke John, the elector of Saxony. There, Martin Luther was up high in that castle among the carefree birds, listening to them. He was hated by so many people, Martin Luther was, but he was acknowledged, claimed, by Duke John. Duke John called him his own, so Martin Luther was safe, safe there up in that castle. For everyone who confesses Christ before their community, their companions, for their kin, they have this same confidence and this same assurance that God surrounds them, that Christ will confess their name before his heavenly Father. So sing out about Jesus. Tweet about his love. Chirp forth his teachings before anyone. Be proud to belong to Jesus. Even if the heavenly Father allows you as his little bird to fall in death, he will swoop down and scoop you up and fly you up into his embrace forever. Yeah, we might be hated by the world, but that's just like Jesus, and we're following where he has gone. We are valued by him more than any amount of creatures or sparrows. He paid the ultimate price for us. So yeah. Be unafraid to speak for Jesus. Amen. Please stand.
Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We sing the Create in Me. Heavenly Father, in the beginning you established marriage for the benefit of families, children, and society. We give you thanks for giving Dale and Kathy Bromstead 60 years together as husband and wife. We praise you for blessings such as companionship, children, grandchildren, and more. Bless Dale and Kathy's time of celebration with family and friends and help them to continue reflecting Christ's gracious relationship with the church in their own marriage. Thank you also, Heavenly Father, for uniting our members Derek Wagner and Courtney Greenwald in marriage yesterday. Give them faithfulness to each other and growth in your love year after year. Lord Jesus, Lord of the Church, we praise you for the many blessings that you have poured out on St. Paul's, the forgiveness of sins, fellowship in your word, a common desire to serve you and spread the message of your salvation. Please be with us for our congregational meeting today. Give us wisdom and resolve trust and thankfulness as we commit our way to you. And Heavenly Father, hear us as we pray in our Savior's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord will be with you always.
congregation may be seated for the distribution. If you're visiting with us today, please make note of our practice of post-communion as it's outlined on the screen and in the bulletin.